This week, we checked the corners of the world to see if other countries can do anime. And I see if it's better to be an Onichan, Opa, or Taiku. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett, and we watch anime. Garrett, this week we visited the Weeb Epcot Center to taste test the international cuisine of anime. And during our travels, we are here to ask the truly tough questions. Can Koreans kage bochin? Can China shampoo? Can America handle Japanese cuisine when you're not too busy eating flavorless potato salad? That's right, this week we tackle our do an all review of non-Japanese anime. Before we get Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this episode? Shockingly, something that was written and animated in the United States has a bad dub. <laughs> Garrett, that was the first take. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, we want to thank everybody for listening to us uh, uh, and following us on our post site, anchor.fm slash podcast, or really anywhere your podcast is found. We want to make sure that when you listen to us that you give us a five-star review. It helps elevate our show. But uh, also you can follow us on our social media. So Garrett, hit them with those handles. Absolutely. For those out there on Instagram, you can catch us at Wanwa Podcast or follow what we're saying over on Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob. Some little uh, housekeeping to start. I want to thank everybody for being patient to us. Uh, a little quick update. Uh, I have a little bit of a boo-boo last week. Uh, I fell down the stairs. Um, and unlike anime, I couldn't just eat meat and get better and or sleep. <laughs> I'm not apparently I'm not Zoro Garrett. So uh, I had to take the week off and we appreciate everybody's patience. No, but now that you've told me you fall down the stairs, I imagine it's like, uh, is it a family guy where Bobby McFerrin <laughs> falls down a flight of stairs? Boom, beep, boom, ball, boom. <laughs> and somehow like pots and pans are at the bottom and they just fly in the air somehow that happened <laughs> it becomes like that uh those uh infomercials where white people can't do the simplest things <laughs> somehow <laughs> have you ever had trouble walking downstairs whoa, 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 whoa. i was definitely the guy of the black and white infomercial world and why is it so difficult somehow garrett it was very similar and somehow more embarrassing and so, for those at home, Kyle has a uh, Kyle's a little notorious for his uh, foot related uh, drama. Uh, he has stayed at my um, the last home that I lived in and uh, halfway fallen down the stairs. He has also broken his toe on my parents hearth in their home when we were in our early 20s. So uh, foot related, not Kyle strong suit. Yeah, I would say that if you want me to uh, perfectly rename all of the Zanpakuto from the 13 Goatee, great. But don't, just don't ask me to go downstairs in socks. So, <laughs> or carpeted stairs in socks. So uh, back to the show this week, uh, Garrett, I decided to do a little bit of because we haven't done an explainer in a while. I decided to kind right. of pick that up a little bit. And uh, this week I wanted to kind of talk about something that is, I feel, a little niche now, but could be more prevalent as we go forward we might see more of these styles we go along and that is anime that doesn't come from japan and what i mean from that is that you know until the 2000s really anime and japan were the only things that went together right but as you may have noticed over the past 2000 years it's gained such international appeal and awareness that other countries thought 
hey, I can do this. And especially the Asian countries realized that they could do this. And America was like, let's get the whitest guys we know to write about Asian culture. And then they did that too. But uh, so that's generally what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about uh, shows that aren't Japanese and kind of add, answer two questions. The first is, what are the essential ingredients? What is the je ne sais quoi of what makes anime anime? And then kind of answer the question, can other countries do it? And so I, I, I want to just give me, give me like a first blush, Garrett. Like, was did this seem like what percentage of familiar to what you've been watching so far? Did these shows seem like uh, compared to other times we've done these? Oh, very familiar. I mean, yeah. uh, I honestly felt like there was uh, there was a lot of similarities in in tone and, and in spirit and you know there's when people think of like anime if you if you're someone who's like say 50 60 years old you know and you think animation and you think like looney tunes right you know obviously uh i don't know it, i kind of feel like that uh supreme court justice about pornography but with anime like yeah. <laughs> i can't define it but i know it when i see it that's actually a really good way of putting it. So, um, and so we did three countries this week, Eric. So maybe can you run down the kind of shows that I had you watch this week? Absolutely. Uh, we watched uh, from Korea, Noblesse, The Awakening. Um, yeah. I think the, the, I might have watched the original Noblesse, but uh, it's all good. Honestly, it doesn't matter. They both kind of stunk in comparison to everything else. Right. But that's that's uh, spoiler alert. From China, we watched uh, Link Click. Um, and finally, from America, we watched a, a title that maybe most people, if they're not familiar with, they've heard, which is Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, we thought we'd, um, you know, because in my mind, if I was to think what Western country would do what form of anime, have we tried it? And I feel like the, if, in my mind, the closest thing that's kind of stuck is Avatar. So that's why I picked it. But the other two um, I've read before. And so I think. For me, it's just kind of give you a kind of a brush up is that I don't watch anime that much anymore, except for the show. What I tend to do is I tend to read uh, okay. because it's it's literally my my nightly uh, my nightly routine is I'll read a lot of manga at night and it's I some, brain to sleep. So it's my brain to sleep. And and if I like a certain show and I want and like but sometimes like, for example, One Piece and certain shows are so frenetic to read. There's just so much stuff happening on the page. Sometimes right. I wait for the anime to slow it down so I can know what the heck's going on. Because, Garrett, if you were to watch One Piece now, you'd be like, who's who, what's what? There's so much stuff happening that I honestly I can, need the anime to do it. I can tell you one thing, though. By this size, uh, Nami's breast should be the size of her head. She now has the the float float fruit, and they should just, like, hot air balloons around now. <laughs> Stay tuned, Garrett. You're for, in for some bouncy fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so these are some great shows. But I think to start, we're going to play a little bit of an expectations game, a little bit different this time around, sure, um, sure. and talk about what we would consider to be the anime essentials. Okay. Like, what are some things in your mind when you heard that we were doing so, non-anime, anime, non-Japanese anime? Like, what are some ingredients that you would have assumed would make you think it's anime? So much like anything featuring Brad Pitt, eating. Um, yep, I, don't, yep, yep. I don't know if, if anyone out there has ever picked up on this. Literally watch the movie Moneyball, and he is never not eating or drinking it's like a tick that he uses uh so that so that he can act but in yeah. all seriousness in anime food plays a mm. major part if not to push the storyline along mm. at least as something to gain strength from to be the center point of a scene food is almost always present 
And I know that we haven't really dived too much into like the anime style of like how eyes are drawn or how faces are drawn mm-hmm. or something like that. But there is, and we'll kind of maybe do that in a different episode. But in my mind, I feel like there is a style to how things are drawn with the eyes and with the facial features and how dramatic things look. And so, or, or to your uh, point, the hair, the hair, the yeah, hair can oh, it's always there's like sharp angles. You know, whether right. they're in a bun on top of their head or whether it's across their forehead, whatever yep. it is, it just feels very like sharp and tight. Yeah, it's like more it's more likely that you're going to have lightning bolt hair than you are right. to have just like a, a side part like I have. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So and, and another thing I would say with anime is that a lot of times what goes into what makes anime anime is that they do dive into a lot of everyday life stuff. Like what is everyday life in this world like? And so that means there's a lot of trips to supermarkets. There's a lot that are maybe unnecessary in other genres. There's a lot of, uh, you know, stopping at coffee shops. There's a lot of walking to school. There's a lot of things that involve like a continuity of lifestyle that I'll see. And there's some shows that really lead to it. Like I think Link Click did a good job of this. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so those are just some essentials. Is there anything else you were thinking before we move on? Uh, not off the top of my head. Right, right. And, well, and I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go on. And I think the one that is the most anime of it is the one that we're going to start with this week uh, on this uh, in this review. And that is the show Noblesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if that's how we pronounce it. I think it's Noblesse. Uh, it's, uh, so one thing to note is that manga is the Japanese-only name of anime-style graphic novels in China and in uh, Korea. And I'm glad you did the China because I was tempted to do it myself was in in Korea, they're called Manwa, which I just think is just manga said funnily, like with a green <laughs> And so there's a Manwa that ran from 20, 2007 to 2019. I will say that there is a, um, a really great resource for people out there that really want to experience Korean anime that isn't, that's free. And that's a website called Webtoon. And that's where Noblesse is from. And I think you can read most of Noblesse for free and it's not something you have to pirate. It's just there. Mm-hmm. And and it's a really underground thing in Korea, so it's not like you know very over you know under a lot of you know paywalls now because it's just such a new thing. Right. Another thing is that manwas are generally always in color; they're not in black and white. So no matter if you read them or watch them on anime, they're always in color, oh, okay. which is really nice, which I like a lot. And they're always they're not in a left to right style; they're in a exclusively up to down style. So it's it's for mobile phones; it's for reading on the oh, internet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so is Manwa like relatively a recent style? Exactly, exactly. It's very recent and it's meant for, it's very niche and independent right now. So a lot of it's internet based. Like you're not going to find a lot of like- right. Well, I mean, it doesn't cost things online versus having to pay for the print on it. Exactly. And I think for these people, there are a lot of independent people and they don't have companies behind them like they would in, in Japan. So uh, let's talk about Noblesse a little bit. Uh, sure. Specifically, it's a manhwa that went from 2007 to 2019. So very long running. I enjoyed the manhwa a lot. But then Crunchyroll decided to jump in and uh, take a big dookie all over it in the years <laughs> of 2016 and 2020. And I know that's me kind of putting the cart before the horse, but I, I was really bummed because I was hoping it was going to be better when I sent it to you. Um, I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed the, the, the what it was, but I think they did two separate things and both things were the wrong idea. Okay. If it makes sense. So if you'll bear with me, Garrett, the first thing is that the first anime completely skipped the first arc. The, so right. you watched, so did you watch um, uh, Mobless or Mo- Noblesse the Awakening? I think I watched 
no bless the original and uh, uh essentially the first episode started uh in the jungle with a mission yep yep she watched for about a minute and a half and then it switched to a school setting yes so that's to tell you that they skipped 80 chapters of, of the show of the of the it kind of felt like that because yeah. i i didn't dislike either part, but it took me quite a while to figure out how they looped to one another. And then they did. Oh, and also, I, this yeah. show is very, very into union busting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and then the second thing was, is then they did, they redid in 2020 called No Bless the Awakening. And what they did was they only did, so it was an OVA, meaning they just stopped there. It wasn't meant to be a season. And they showed the entire first arc, but they did it in 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was peeved because I think Noblesse has a certain spirit to it. We'll talk about what it is, and I'll talk tell you how they, they do get it a bit. So, t- yep. so what's the show generally about? Let's talk about it for a little bit. Okay. Best I can gather. We open what you took from a, that, yeah. We open up in a jungle scene. Some soldiers are trying to protect some scientists out there, and they're basically taken out by this elite group of assassins, uh, mm-hmm. loosely referred to as the Union. Right. Uh, the Union, I kind of think they're like X-Men in that, uh, except they're not naturally occurring mutants. They're more like Wolverine, where uh, they took a regular guy and they put adamantium into him. Right. And, like, so some BS I, material. <laughs> Right. So I kind of feel like all these people have been genetically altered to be superior warriors, right. or superior hackers or superior whatever they need to be manipulated to be. And that was the first minute and a half. And then we switched to a school setting. And as best I can gather on a mission, some of the union members were either injured or damaged and they lost their memory and they're now being reintroduced to this different world and the people who are next to them and quote unquote controlling them know who they are, but they themselves do not. That is such a good way of explaining the show and such, and the show is such a terrible way of explaining what the story is, okay. <laughs> which is funny because Garrett, I agree with you. If I was just to watch the first thing, I would a be lost and B I'd be like, Who's the main character? Because you said they spent a good chunk of time explaining these X-Men that you explained that I'm going to get promise you. You're only going to remember. You're only going to need to remember two of the seven that you met in the beginning. <laughs> and they're honestly not that important. Oh, jeez. And no, it's so frustrating. And well, then the first but is that different in the manhwa? Yes, it's very different. So what the story Noblesse is about and how the Awakening Starks is that union group is looking for a coffin. And they find the coffin, but a twist, they find that the coffin is empty. <laughs> then all of a sudden, this handsome, handsome man walks around the, with red eyes, walks around the street, and he's magically changes his clothes from this, like, Dracula-looking, you know, suit and tie to... He's got a freaking cravat, man. He does have a cravat, and he is handsome. He is a juicy, juicy uh, Korean boy looking in this thing. It's like, mm-mm, good. He could be the lead singer of BTS. He, he could be one of them. He's, he's definitely at least a V, maybe a monster. I don't think he can pull <laughs> off a Jinwa. I don't know if I'm getting that right. BTS stance, do not kill me. So, <laughs> Jinwoo. It's all Greek to me, man. I, were... <laughs> Did you know that there's a guy named V and there's a guy named Monster? And those are, those are two people within BTS. <laughs> they're, they're not the characters of Noblesse. 
We should do we should do like a, a thing where it's like <laughs> some characters from Noblesse or members of BTS and see if that game would work too. There you so, go. <laughs> so uh or or this, Korean metal band names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what happened is is that uh this this man, did you catch his name with the black hair and the red eyes with the with the cross earrings? Did you catch his name? I, I called him George Michael. <laughs> Because he's gonna, he had the, cr- the long yeah. cross earring hanging down off his. Uh. And you would let him be your father figure. You would. Yeah. You would. And so uh, <laughs> he, he, he gave me faith. <laughs> so basically, his name is Kadis Atrama de Razael, but they call him Rai. Nerd alert. I know. And I didn't read my notes for that, Garrett. So you should uh, realize that right now. I'm just like tonguing my cheeks. She's being all smug about it. But uh, he's essentially a vampire. That's like several thousand years old, and he was awoken, and he is a class of vampire that is above humanity, but they're not – they don't feed on people that much, or they don't really feed on people at all. And he's being searched for because he's this specific being, the most powerful vampire known as the noblesse. And the noblesse are kind of like the aristocracy of, of living beings. And really the spirit of the story and the, how much I love it is that imagine if you took this 2,000-year-old OP omnipotent being and made him go to high school. And then he has to like – but he can't say how powerful he is or he's kind of like Trigun in that he doesn't want to overdo it. Right. So – he like is very confused by video games. Like he doesn't understand why when the noodles go into soup, they get big. And that's the charm of the show is that he's so OP, but yet also kind of like a baby deer at the same time. Right. Like they make, they make a big thing about how he's like in all the generations I have lived, these schoolmates of mine have something that I lack. Right. Existence, like, do you want a smartphone? <laughs> or he's like, I experience, and he doesn't say a lot. The other thing that's part of his charm is that he's kind of mutilized. So I don't know why he talks so much in the, in these shows, <laughs> because most of the time, what happens is, and honestly, it's he's like a puppy for most of the show, even though he's this all powerful vampire that could destroy anybody. Right. Is that there's a character named Frankenstein, an original name Garrett, who is the principal of the school, but is also like his handler and his servant. Sure. who's been waiting for him to come back. His name is Frankenstein. He's also very powerful, but he's also like trying to make it so that he doesn't like poop his pants and walk into, into cars. Like that's what he's there for. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was, was that if I watched No Bless the Awakening and the, they got some really funny scenes out of it was that he's just walking around mute in a school outfit and all these kids are just trying to be nice. Like, Oh, you must go to our school. Like the, like the kids that are fun, that want to meet him and know him. And he's just like staring at them, like kind of smirking. Mm-hmm. like a weirdo and then all of a sudden they're like hey what are you doing hey you want to hang out with us you want to go play video games and he just hands him a picture of him it was a picture of frankenstein the teacher and on the back it said i'm lost in a number <laughs> <laughs> so like it's funny it's like both funny and it's also a really good action show that talks about like what what like this underground world that's looking for this all-powerful being that wants nothing to do with it Right. And is trying his best to keep out of it. So it's a little bit like Trigun, but a little bit more like those like OP, like one punch man shows. It's like a really good combination. And they and Crunchyroll just did no service to either of them by doing what they did. Another thing that was poo-poo that I, I don't know if you noticed, but it was in Japanese. Really? Yeah. I was so shocked by that. And and everything took place in Japan, which there is really bothered me. No way I was gonna pick up on that. Oh yeah, that, that was like the ultimate mm-hmm. cop out. They're like, all right, guys, we're Korean and we're proud, and we have our own version of manga. Yes. Hey, what are we gonna set it? Where are we gonna set it? 
Japan. Okay, that's a little weird, but it's going to be Koreans in Japan, right? Yes, yeah. but they're going to speak Japanese. Okay, so are we making a manga or a manhwa? No, 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 no. This is totally its own thing. <laughs> totally manhwa. It's a crunchy roll. That's what it is. It's like crunchy roll. We take something that is abnormally not what it is, but like make it taste like it is. So Crunchyroll right. actually made an actual Crunchyroll. Like, you know how, like, Japan has, like, fresh fish and rice? Mm-hmm. We're going to throw big old cream cheese in it. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, folks, like, I would say, like, really like the story. Don't do the anime. That, that's the way I would say. Like, if you want it, just it's free on Webtoon. So good. It's a long read. You'll love it. But it, it, this one just did no service. And... um but I would say, would you agree? Like, I think this one was like the most anime because they Japanified it so much. Um. Well, it also was in in a school, which is super anime. Yes. Yeah, that's another uh, thing. That, if you're gonna say that's another thing about anime, um, I would know, say I, that, Garrett. You know I, me well. I wouldn't say that this one was the most, and maybe that's I hadn't. There was nothing inherently wrong with this one, but I had a clear favorite. And in my head, because it was my favorite, I'm like, this is the most anime-like. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think know, that's I fair. Mean, it, I think it, it's fair. It, if you had told, if you had told me that this was from Japan, I would have believed you. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so we're gonna move on to the next one, but we'll come back to that in a little bit, and we're gonna talk about the second show, Link Click. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no alternate name. I think that's just it. Um, and it hails from China. Yep. Now, folks, I know I sound like a white guy when i do japanese but i feel like i do it pretty well i'm gonna butcher a lot of chinese and i apologize to anybody of chinese heritage or actually from the country itself for what i'm about to do this week uh and that is that these are not called manga in china they're called donghua uh and they uh and link click is a donghua that's actually a new property that started in 2021 i don't i generally read sometimes read donghua because uh you know, sometimes you just need, I, you know, you know me, I just like, I'm like a consumer. I just eat, I just eat the thing. Sometimes I yeah. don't know what I'm eating. And I don't generally like Chinese uh, style manga because they're a little bit repetitive. And I'll explain. Um, it, it, it repeats on you. you yeah. Know, like, like General Sows. <laughs> like it's like, it's like the, yeah, the South Park episode where he eats, he eats way too much Benihana. Like, that's what it's like. <laughs> no, but they like to do a very specific genre that I'm just kind of over when I read it. And that's the uh, rewrite history, uh, revisionist history genre. Oh, I, and thought you're, I thought you're going to say uh, the hacker technology <laughs> genre. No. Which feels apropos. Yeah. And I think it, this is like a good example of this kind of genre, but maybe a little bit different and actually enjoyable. The, mm-hmm. uh, what a revisionist history is, is they usually take a character that character fails in a previous life, kind of like Isekai. Yeah. But instead of going into an, a, a video game or fantasy world, they go back to when they were like seven or eight. Okay. But imagine if you're Garrett seven or eight, and you now know Google's going to be a thing. You're yeah. going to invent Google. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And that's what, like, and there's no, there's no like thought on what that would do to the world, what that would do to time. They're just like, characters bulldozing the world by just their knowledge of what they knew beforehand and that's kind of what the style is right right yeah so this is one of those types of shows but maybe it's a little bit different because usually the revisionist genre is taking Mm -hmm. place in period pieces so they're usually like uh kung fu masters 
So maybe mm. they were stu- they were they they were kung fu masters that went back in time, and now they're like really good at that. They know kung fu, but they're also they can't do their ABCs yet. So that's the kind of Got thing it. that you get with a lot of these things. Right. So yeah, link click is one of those things. But I I picked this one for two reasons. One because it's that kind of revisionist history, but it's also a little bit better because it's in a modern setting. Mm-hmm. And another reason is because there's a, a YouTuber I want to shout out to. His name is uh, Sp- Scamboli Reviews. And he gives me he gave gives me some of the best recommendations for reading. I highly recommend him. He's the one that pointed me out to um, to this one to Link Click. He pointed me out to uh, Holy Land, which I really like. And he also pointed me out to one that I think is like one of the best that's been out there. And um, it's failing me right now. And I'll remember in a second, but uh, it's uh, Helper Helper with H E L L Helper, Ooh. and it's so good that one i think is one of the best reads i've had in a while in that one hellboy is like uh driving miss daisy you know what's crazy it's actually goofier and better it's so crazy i i love that one but yeah so tell me what the kind of what's the spirit of and garrett i wanted you to try your best with these characters names too you're a bit worse than i am but uh but yeah go through what's link click about link click while you say that this genre is repetitive can i tell you this felt like a breath of fresh air. This was I, so good. I loved it. This, I, I don't think anything we've seen ha, ha, that you've shown me has a, a concept that touched this that I was like, oh. I was like, I had that same feeling. I was like, because Scamboli Reviews was like, the title of the YouTube was somehow China made the best anime of the year. That's what it was. And I was like, okay. So I clicked on it and then there Go was this on. show. And I watch it, and I, I'm with you, man. This show is refreshing because what Japan tends to do that this is this one doesn't is that Japan gets tends to get long in the tooth with exposition. Yep, they tend to this go a little bit too right long. This hops right into it. And oh I my don't god! Feel I, lost. The, fir- the first episode told you everything it was about, mm-hmm. and then the end of the episode revealed the the consequences mm-hmm. of such. It was the perfect. Incredible. I think it was like the best first episode of things that we've watched for this series for what we do. It's one of the very few that by watching the first episode, you know exactly what it's about. And it leaves you enough bait for you to go, I want to know what this is all about. And I'm with you on it. Absolutely. Right. So basically uh, this focuses on two characters. I think they're brothers, even though one's blonde and one's brunette or they have different last names, but I don't, uh, but I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know Chinese culture. So it's, it's Cheng Shaoxi and Lu Guang. Garrett, you did actually really good. It's better than I would have. Because I would have tried the chunk chunk shit. But <laughs> well, well, yeah, but I feel if I do that, I feel it kind of feels like I'm like mocking it. I mean, I know that because I've 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 uh, uh, uh I've been to China. Right. Like I know like thank you is Sheshe. So yeah. like when I see something start with uh XIA, I'm like, yep. okay, that's the sh. That's yeah. a similar sound. I no. also know this because I eat at Sean famous food <laughs> in New York City. I know I, get- I have that same nerves too as well because it, it it sounds like you're 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 kind of you kind of could be doing the like the, the really awful ching chonging of things, but at the same right. time, but, like, but at the same yeah. time, the one thing about uh Chinese that as a complete outsider that I believe I've observed is mm-hmm. uh they, they hit things very yeah. hard. Right. Right. So that's I why that you say you're, you're not, you're not like, forgive me, everyone who's listening, you're not ching chonging, but it's like, you yes. said, it's cheng chow she. Yeah, it's got that very like staccato. And that's another oh, thing oh that my I God, was, you know, I just had a flashback where that pronunciation would come back. Uh, think of like Wayne's World. Anytime yeah. uh, Cassandra is having uh, um, Wayne 
uh, speak Cantonese or when Rob Lowe, yeah. the first one orders, he's like uh, Mountain Dew, Pepsi Cola, Ting Chow Soul. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay. That's, that's like the key <laughs> of, of, of the language. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. So, but once again, you did a good job. And these are two guys and they have like a special job. The one thing that, 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 that was interesting to me, and, and this is like where I now have to give you uh, like empathy points is it's, interesting hearing something like i'm so used to hearing japanese now that like it's now like just like any other thing that i listen to yeah it was interesting listening to something i'm not used to they were speaking solely chinese mm-hmm. and i had no idea because i can i can hear cues with their vocal cues in japanese i know when they're being sweet or being funny or being harsh mm-hmm. i couldn't do that so i know now what it feels like for a noob yeah. to be kind of like lost in the in the context that you get just from hearing things so i want to give you some empathy points for that but yeah go ahead what's the what's the show link so, like so lou and jang um they kind of it kind of feels like they run like a psych detective agency right uh, and they they have a we're introduced in the very opening scene to their landlady which brought me back to that original yeah. funny or die uh oh the baby uh, yeah with like, the baby. i want my money bitch Give me my money. Give me my rent, bitch. So uh, this young girl comes along and they refer to her as the landlady. And essentially, she's always looking for cash for them to pay rent. Uh, but they have a specific job. And I don't know if she gives them. I think she's person. a handler. Yeah, I think she's a handler. Yeah, she's like a handler. So she gives them their job. So they are basically involved in espionage, but they yeah. go about it different ways. So uh long story short there is a cfo at a company and they need to expose him for his wrongdoing and there's tons of tight security around them so in a regular espionage show you would find a way to break into the building you would find a way to bump into him on the street and take the hard drive that's out of his pocket these are things that you would normally do in espionage Mm -hmm. they do something different they get photos of the subjects and in this case they get a photo of a young woman who works in the office of this very powerful Mm -hmm. cfo and they are able to do this little with their hands next to one another and it sends one of them into the photo Mm -hmm. and for the next 12 hours they Mm -hmm. are able to possess that person to have their thoughts and to actually change history within those 12 hours to get the information that they need or complete whatever task is in front of them and and there is there's very, this is obviously serious because it's espionage, but there's also elements of uncomfortableness because right. like, what's the first mission? These are both two men, and one of them has to possess a female who is then sexually harassed well, by her boss, and, and, her, and then has to listen to her mom call her fat on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like espionage that also makes you realize what it's like to be a woman. Part one, like it was very very. Right. I liked I liked how they phrased it. So two things. It was really interesting in that the two of them. Lou, who is, we'll call what is the white haired one. Lou has the ability when he reads the picture to kind of run through the history of what happened to that person. So he knows exactly how things occurred for that person within the 12 hour span that he's going to send Chang out. Lou also is kind of like the person in the van speaking to Chang while he's in this person's body. Chang goes into that person's body, but the problem is they don't want to change history. They just want to get information. So everything that Chang does has to go with the script that Lou understands. So if this girl ate it on the stairs, Chang has to eat it on the stairs too because they don't want to change history. They just want to get the information that they see, 
which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. The second thing that was really beautiful about this first episode that I liked was that it very much on, they didn't rush how long 12 hours is for someone. And okay. I loved that. Like what it would be like to sit with someone and actually have hold, try to hold a conversation with someone for 12 hours while they're going, they need to go to sleep or do mundane things or just like, sit with them and talk through things. And also nothing about Chang's Chang's going through the person's emotions. They're going through the person's memories, their trauma history. He's That's going right. through so this stuff. And Ch- that the difficult relationship that she has with her father and her mother. Right. And so they're spies, as you said. So they're not trying to change things. They just want this like Excel spreadsheet. In and the in memory. fact, they very much, tr- they try, uh, I don't know how successful they are because w- right. one of them is a little bit of a rebel and one of them is very much, Lou the Blonde is very much by the book. In the most saying, subtle way a rebel can rebel. Like we're talking like, he does such a tiny thing and even that kind of sets things off. Right, because it's kind of like, um, uh, they sort of follow as best they can, like the prime directive. From yep. Star Trek, where yep. you're you're trying to not impress yourself upon the lives of these, right. these other people, and the only thing that he did because he experienced this woman actually missed her family. Her she's in this hard job. She's getting sexually harassed. She's not eating well. She's not sleeping. She's having a really hard life. And all he did was tech because normally this girl would would not listen to her mom because she doesn't want to bother her mom. Yeah. All he did was he wrote "I miss you" back to her mom, just one text. Right. And because of that text. The mother got worried and they all the father and the mother got her favorite food and a blanket. And at the right time, because the, the company went under because they found the bad secrets and the, the secretary was in really bad straits. And she was like, great. And, and then she saw that her mother cared about her and that she wrote, I miss you. She's like, maybe I did write that. And maybe I did really want to miss her. And it was a great moment because even that little thing, she realized that that no one was imposing on each other. They really did care about each other. Right. And so she starts running towards the train station because she wants to, she wants Mm -hmm. to get to her parents and, and be like, no, stay here. I want to be with you. I want to stay with you. Right. And then we meet another character who's hidden under a hat and then. But, but Cheng Cheng afterwards. uh, So Lou is says, did you do anything? He's like, no, no, I didn't do anything. I, I I didn't change anything. Uh, I do wonder, you know, what happened to that girl? And Lou says to him, I told you, never ask questions about the future. Right, right, because he's very conscious. And, you know, for someone who sees the past all the time, he, I think he feels a good responsibility with it. While mm-hmm. Cheng is kind of like a free rider who does everything else. And because she was the one that they jumped into, she was found jumped in front of a train. And so there's a, a little bit of, a, of, a, of intrigue involved. So. Uh, I, I was, as well, you said, I'm sure she was murdered by that dude. Oh, of, of course. Of course. He's like, let me, t- first off, if a guy at a train station with a baseball cap comes up to you and says, Hey, I'll I take heard you, you were in a hurry. I'll take you somewhere. No, no, no. Don't listen to that man. That is a, da- right. that is stranger danger. One Oh one. I don't care how lost you are girls, but, and that's what makes it a realistic. Most girls are like, eh, no, thanks sir. I could, <laughs> I could, I could get an Uber. So, <laughs> so I would say, yeah, for me, this one is like, it's on Funimation, which is something I don't own, which I'm starting to think I should get. Um, but but I'm definitely going to follow up with Blink Click. It was it was definitely a big a good a good watch. I definitely okay. recommend it for something that like for something that like I loved Korean uh, webtoons, but mm-hmm. I really didn't like how Noblesse was projected. I don't generally like Donghua, but I loved this one. It was such a weird <laughs> flip of those two things. So we go from East Asian esque to Panda Express. <laughs> Back to our good old country, the U.S. of A. 
And I think this is going to be controversial for me to say that this is American anime, but I feel I think it's worth it because there is a not zero percent of the population that feels that Avatar the Last and Airbender would be considered anime. Mm-hmm. If I were because you had some familiar, do you have some familiarity? Because this is a pretty famous thing in the United States. It's pretty, pretty famous. Did you have some familiarity with Avatar? No, I didn't. I do know that there was a live action directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. We will definitely get to that. Uh, because you know how much I hated Crunchyroll. The mm-hmm. world, take that hate, multiply it by a bajillion, mm-hmm. and direct it at M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> so but we, let's go back to Avatar The Last Airbender, just kind of give you an idea. This is a Nickelodeon show, which surprised me that Nickelodeon, like, went yeah, in on something like this that at all. well first of all with what little knowledge i had of the property i absolutely thought this was um cartoon network i thought this was cartoon network all day or or i thought it was uh straight up real anime right exactly yeah yeah but uh yeah it's a show that's from nickelodeon that ran from uh, 2005 to 2008 and there's spinoffs that are still happening to this day uh with the legend of Korra being the most famous um and it's a I'll just say if I was to if I was to give it a first blush take, it's a, basically a martial arts epic. Okay. As understood by white people who kind of vaguely understand Chinese and some other Asian uh, influences, but I think it's anime enough that I think it would be considered that. Uh, so, so what what was your first blush from seeing it before I talk about more about the show? It. It kind of felt like just looking through an anime through the lens of like how an American would see it. Uh, just broad brush strokes. Oh, you know what it felt like? It felt like you and I right, were right. massive anime fans. Right. And we were like, you know what? We should write our own anime. Oh my God. I We've got the best ideas to write this anime. And then we essentially just... <laughs> uh, did like a, a copy of it we basically like, and we decided to do uh ancient chinese captain planet <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> true yeah uh so the creators of the show are michael dante DiMartino and brian konietzko so we got an uh, so an uh, italian guy and a polish guy walk into a bar <laughs> and decide to write an anime so when i saw that i was like oh it's it's white guys they didn't have any help from 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 any asian person to right. do this show so uh but yeah so it's but i, I, I we're, we're we're pooping out a lot because we're a little bit we're, we're kind of a comedy show mixed with a review show but i kind of enjoyed it a little bit i see why people like it and no no it was it was not all bad it yeah it's not, not all bad, all bad and i don't even think it was like even somewhat bad uh but it's important because most people and this has been memed to hell to high earth would be mad at me if i didn't read the intro so what the show avatar the last bender is about <clears throat> water earth Fire, air. My grandmother used to tell me stories about the old days, a time of peace when the Avatar kept balance between the water tribes. Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, and Air Nomads. But that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of four elements, only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. But when the world needed him the most, he vanished. A hundred years later have passed, and the Fire Nation is nearing victory in the war. Two years ago, my father and the men of my tribe journeyed to the Earth Kingdom to help against the Fire Nation, leaving me and my brother to look after our tribe. Some people believe that the Avatar was never reborn into the Air Nomads and that the cycle is broken. But I haven't lost hope, and I still believe that somehow 
the Avatar will return to save the world. Oh. oh as, and I wanted to end it at like Ultimate Warrior going, where the warriors will prevail. <laughs> the warrior runs on forever. forever. So yeah, uh, so that's the general gist of the show. What? Uh, let, let's let's talk about who we meet. Uh, we meet two kids, uh, Katara and Soka, who I guess are Inuit kids. They they basically should be like Inuit kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who are deciding to take their their canoe down the ice river and they're looking for the Avatar. Which, by the way, no one has found for a hundred years, <laughs> as according to the show. But like maybe if we go down this this canoe, we might find them. So that was generally. By the way, I know you said what? What did you say the brother's name was? Soka. See, I thought it was Sokka, and I kind of wanted to Sokka him in the face. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like that, like, ew, why would you use magic? Like, anybody who would see magic would be like, we should do this all the time. Like, <laughs> I never would meet a single person who would be like, no, I'd rather use this pointy stick, right? Like, <laughs> I know this guy's a throwing- jealous muggle. I know. He's like, you know, I know you could throw, like, water bombs at this person in, in an icy environment, but I'd rather use this pointy stick. That's what I want to do. So, yeah. So his sister, Katara, is a waterbender. So they're called benders, people who can use one of those four elements. Sure. And apparently the airbenders are a tribe that's kind of gone extinct, hence the name. And so they're looking around for, I guess, in the South Pole for the airbender. And what happens on their journey? Well, when they're... Yeah, yeah. So when they're when they're kind of going the canoe and they're just riding around. I don't around. know that they're looking for the airbender. I think they're just fishing. You might be right, Garrett. I may have been, have been ahead of myself. But they yeah. also like are hoping for the airbender, right? Well, so like, Katara and Sokka in the face were yeah. Sokka the, to me. They're <laughs> they're they're in the they're in their canoe and they're 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 fishing and he's trying to spear a fish. And of course his sister's like, Look, I've created this water bubble and lifted a fish out of the water. Does he care? No, but when he's mansplaining. When the bubble bursts and he gets wet, he's like, oh, God, come on, you mutant nerd. Stop using your magic to do the thing we're here for. <laughs> yeah, it's like a guy being told, to, why don't we just ask for directions? He just does not want to do the easy right. thing. Because she's like, I can literally scoop this out of the water without touching it and bring it onto our boat. And he's like, no, I want to do this the manly way. You don't <laughs> understand. You're just a girl. Right. And so, right. and so so while they're out there, they end up getting caught in sort of these rapids in between yep. these broken up sheets of ice and they get thrown from their canoe. And mm-hmm. while they're thrown from their canoe on one of these ice sheets, he Soka really like kind of berates Katara and she gets mad and she starts flailing her arms and she's like, God damn it, I'm not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> I'm mad as hell. <laughs> As she's carelessly throwing her arms behind her, she's sending this energy through the water and this big iceberg behind her cracks in half, causing this giant wave uh, and ultimately rising up. The, from the bottom of that iceberg is this ice encapsulation of what looks like the golden child. Yeah, there's basically a, a Tibetan boycicle that's out there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he looked like he's all doing all right but then he comes out of the ice and he's like oh that was a really nice nap and he's like he was like that kind of stuff and he's very <laughs> friendly <laughs> and oh he basically he's like very excited to play he's like i want to play yeah, 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 yeah. let me take out my what my flying bison all that stuff oh can we slide with the penguin so he's very like he was like the annoying kid right. but if he, of course he can air bend and that's like 
well, we know something about that. That's that's what the Avatar is supposed to be. And but he can't be because the Avatar is like 100 years old by now. And right. he's essentially uh, just kind of like like he could be the Avatar. Maybe the rumors say it. And he's just uh, he basically meets their family in the village. And that's when the Fire Nation has this like kind of pouty little Donald Trump Jr. of a kid coming around going like, I'm going to find the Avatar. I'm going to prove to my dad that I can do it. Hey, guys. <laughs> Except he's less cocaine, cocaine adult. Hey right. guys, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm here on Garble, whatever they're using nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and he was, but he's like, he's like, the guy's like, hey kid, I know how to break this to you. Your great grandfather was a loser, your grandfather was a loser, and your father was a loser, and you too will be a loser because no one will find this, uh, this avatar. Who, who gave this kid the biggest shiner in history? <laughs> Yeah, this is like one of those things where he's going to probably tell his teacher he fell down the stairs. There's an explanation for it that shouldn't have that shouldn't have happened. And he's got a lot of gusto and a lot of gumption. And he uh, he hears of the airbender in the area and he goes to attack the the small Inuit tribe to uh, do it. Now, the one thing that I like about the show is that it doesn't just dive right into the action. It does like take its time. It does talk about the cuteness of the fact that like. Soka's the oldest warrior in this island. He's essentially training young soldier, young boy soldiers in his village of like right. 25 people. And then she's like, this is the elder of our village. And she's like, call me Grand Grand. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, look at this strange, incredible airbender we brought. And she's like, it's chore time. Because <laughs> that's the thing. And he's like, and every chore is about is like doing military routines. He's like, we're going to make it because what happens if the Fire Nation attacks? The kid's are like, they're not going to attack. Then the Fire Nation attacked. (laughs) (laughs) And then they get into this awesome fight. And then we start to see that Ang is, who's the little Tibetan boycicle, is uh, really good at windbending. He's, like, very good at what he does. And they decide that in order for him to know to be the Avatar, they got to see if he knows the other bending styles. (laughs) And (laughs) he wants to bend it like Beckham in other countries. And so this journey that they're going to go on is to see if Ong could take on the other bending disciplines around the country. And of course, so the other countries are in the corners of the map. Why is airbending superior to the other bending? It's not that it's superior, but it's basically saying that like, hey, you know, when this badass comes, he's going to be here. <laughs> like they say, he's going to be this or the maybe the last one that was there. The avatar that was originally there was from the wind tribe or air okay, tribe, whatever they're okay. called. So it's it's basically saying, like, if you're going to find him, he's there. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it was basically saying. And they, apparently they're all extinct. So if you find one, it's probably your guy, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's cute. I would say because it's very Nickelodeon, Garrett. I don't know if you felt that, too. Like, very, like, you know, kid jokes, kid humor. A it lot was of, a little like, soft tri- around the edges. And, yes, yeah. oh, my God. There was – but <sighs> it wasn't so kiddie in that it wasn't, like, the right. way Naruto is kiddie. Yeah. Yeah. And it treats war like it's an actual war. Like it's not like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do G.I. Joe war, which is we're gonna pew 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 at each other, no one's gonna hit anybody, and then you're gonna just shake your fist at the person. Right. I'll get you next time. So I, I think I give it credit because it doesn't like I don't think it insults the intelligence of the kids that this is meant for. Right. Um and I think and, and also I think when they get to um the later seasons and the spin-offs, they get a li- little bit more adult because like Naruto, it grows with the audience, kinda like Harry Potter mm-hmm. and Naruto does. So I I was pretty pleased and, and I think I would if I had the the will to, like, I know it's just like me saying, hey, Gary, you should watch all the One Piece shows. Like, if someone was like, Avatar is the best thing I've ever watched and you should watch it, I would have the same energy you had 
I'd be like, yeah, yeah, totally. Just tell me when to skip and when to just go and like, I'll do do it. I swear I'll do it. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah. uh, And, and you mentioned it before, Garrett, this is a very beloved franchise, but then M. Night Shyamalan decided to come in and not only did he dookie on it, he ate it, the dookie, redookied it, and then set it in a compost heap for several skunks to come in and dookie on it. That's a quadruple dookie. That's it's a triple decker <laughs> he quadruple deckered it and uh and yeah so folks i will recommend you can check out avatar the cartoon and i'm going to call it a cartoon i'm going to call it anything. uh it's also like very like easy breezy like... yeah you, you can get through it pretty easily you know i would not recommend the movie <laughs> it is so universally panned by the world did you hear about how bad this this movie did garrett uh yeah there's also like a big phase of just hating on m night Shyamalan. right right but he's actually done some pretty good bangers in the last two years like the the one on the beach where everybody gets older apparently was not bad yeah yeah i mean i you know what it is is it's it's he's kind of like he'll never be able to repeat um sixth sense. sense yeah but but you know in terms of like the last airbender i i don't know a lot about it i i vaguely thought i remembered uh when it came out them being like why did they cast so many white actors but i'm like oh my god it was written by white people it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like you're taking ghost in the shell like you're literally right something <laughs> written by an uh a polish american and an italian american uh, <laughs> so we get uh yeah so let me just uh, tell you what how the movie did uh on rotten tomatoes this is one of the worst rated movies on the entire website it mm-hmm. got a five out of 100. Mm. Yes. Some of the reviews for this show include, uh, for this movie, not the show. I'm, I'll be clear. This is the M. Night Shyamalan movie exclusively. A breathtakingly clueless, misconceived, stupid, humorless, unexciting, dim, dumb, and this made me learn a new word, Farago. <laughs> the worst film, uh, film I've seen in years. Another review we wrote, a quite breathtakingly inept hodgepodge of vapid spirituality, playground chop and visual effects that take 3D to an entirely new level. And then the third one was, the third reviewer says, time was the endings of M. Night Shyamalan films were always the biggest mystery. Now the only mystery remaining is how in a recession he continues to get studios to fund his films. <laughs> and then a fourth one from a viewer who wrote, why was I even in the theaters in the first place? <laughs> so much that you... you <laughs> You question existing in a space. Oh, that is, that's how bad that movie was. So yeah, I would not recommend it. So I think what we're going to do to end it out before, before instead of watching wh- what you're going to watch, let's talk about like who animated the best. And then whoever didn't is going to get the illustrious award of the golden uh, Mulan chicken nugget uh, Szechuan sauce packets. Okay. <laughs> Another horrible, horrible attempt at Asian uh, culture. For limited only, you can get chicken nuggets with Sichuan sauce, like in Mulan. I remember thinking, even then, I was like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and Mulan came out when I was like 13. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, who do you think, who do you think wore it best? Who, who animated the best? Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, Link Click did because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Airbender was like a like the McDonald's version of anime. Um, Korea, noblesse, did not have the courage to do something of their own. They just fell back on setting it in China and saying that it came from Korea. And China with link click was absolutely the most 
uh, innovative and unique of the three and was its own thing. And which is not common for the genre, which I want to make very clear, folks. Like, Link Click is a very much a oasis in a desert. You will be thirsty if you try to search the deserts for a drop of drink of good Donghua. So I'll just tell you that now. But <laughs> Got it. I agree with you, Garrett. And one thing we didn't talk about with Link Click is that the new thing that anime likes to do with nowadays, like with when we watched Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens, and it started with uh, Samurai Champloo, is the music and the vibe, man. The whole show had this soundtrack that just was so awesome. It's like, there's a show they're going to watch called The K Project, or it's called K. Okay. And the substance of the show is non-existent, but the style is like 150 out of 100. Right. Like the, the intro and outro of this was delicious it's just i i agree if i was to say a word it would be yummy like this show it, link click was just like aesthetically and sensorily appealing the music top notch the the art really good the color palette was so good and kind of futuristic looking but and so i would just say like that it's a very yummy show altogether. and if you're a weeb and you will listen to it, the Chinese might might throw you off a little bit, but it's it's actually was really, really good. And I agree with you on Noblesse. I think the anime did it no justice, but if you read the manhwa, I would say it's it that one does I would say that's the closest to what you're familiar with. But right. Link Click goes is doing right now what anime where anime's going. And yeah. I like that. And as you said, after our last bender airbender, I would give the Szechuan chicken, you know, Szechuan sauce <laughs> award to. It was essentially this is what we think Asia is. It's, is it Inuit? Is it is it Mongolian? Is it Chinese? Is it what what is this thing? This uh, who cares? Right. Who cares? We use Captain Planet powers. So, um, <laughs> will I keep watching it? Sure, on my own time, but it won't be the, uh, the first thing on my list. Right. Uh, so what we're gonna do every week is what we call the Weeb and Noob score. So well, let's give official score to what you would give to each show. We'll do each show each by each. And the Weeb and Noob score doesn't mean it's good or bad or not. It's just like how excited we are for you to watch it. Sure how soon you should watch it. It's Garrett speaking on a, weeb's, a noob's perspective. I'm speaking to longtime fans. So yep, talk yep. about Noblesse. What would you give it as a noob? 6.5. Agreed. And don't watch the anime. I would say I would give the anime a four, uh, but I would give the manhwa an eight. It's definitely worth a read. Okay. Let's talk about Link Click. What would you give Link Click? Nine. I, I would give this a nine. I would. I don't. I want to see where it's going because I don't think neither of us had enough. We were, we're doing multiple shows. So we can watch the whole thing. Right. I think I might even give it a nine point five if I see where it's going. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have Funimation, folks, watch it. Or that first episode was just nuts. on on point. I would say it's one of the like for both of us who've watched it like something fresh for the first time. One of the best things I we've watched on this show easily. Link click is so good. And we might maybe we should do a show for him here. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Probably absolutely. Should... I give it give it a little bit of breathing time, but we can yeah. return to it in a let, couple months. Let us know on social media if we should follow up if, if we should do it. You know, check us out on our social media platforms for it. Um, and then what do you give Avatar the Last Airbender as a noob? I actually give it a seven. Uh mm-hmm. I see the uh the audience in which it could serve. Uh it's not necessarily the audience that I belong to, right? But um I understand the purpose behind it, and I, I don't think it's bad in any way. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, uh, you know, I, I right. think it's solid. It's very, it's, it, it is an American copy of, of sort of a classic Japanese genre, you know? I would say if Dragon Ball, I will do this kind of like a GRE, Garrett. If Dragon Ball Z is the training wheels by which you go to learn how to ride a bike, as in DBZ is making you learn what anime is all about. 
Avatar The Last Airbender is you wearing a helmet and swimming when trying to eat soup. <laughs> Don't expect it to get you really far. It does a lot of hand-holding. <laughs> and, it do- and it kind of insults your intelligence a little bit. Yep. But it kind of gives you an idea. <laughs> right? Got it. So hopefully my... My analogy rang true. And I'm going to give it a little bit less because I think for weebs, weebs don't like this show because people say it's anime. And I don't think it's important for weebs to watch this. No, it's there, but it's not important for weebs. I would say it's more important for noobs if they want something that's all dub, that Americans have made it, have American sensibility, and you just need a little bit something to kind of ease you into it. Sure, mm-hmm. by all means, go for it. So I, I agree with Garrett's score of seven. Um, as we... Uh, have traveled the world we've reverse circled the earth fully a full 360 degrees ended up back our at our homes and uh just in time to hear your thoughts tell us about the kind of non-japanese anime that is out there uh let us know what you think about what it takes to be animated Does japan have a iron grip on it or do you think there's room for growth like is there a way we can do asian fusion anime that exists out there that's good and tasty and things that everybody can enjoy or do you think authenticity is important let us know in the comments below because we really want to keep the conversation going, especially for the shows that we've listed before. We liked a few of them, maybe not some, not so much. You can follow us on our social media, including on Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob or on Instagram at Wama Podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on our host site, anchor.fm uh, slash Wama Podcast or anywhere your podcast is found. But make sure when you do, Garrett, what do you give them, eh? We want a five-star review. We want you to be review benders. And as the last five-star review <laughs> airbender, review benders, we need you to do, do your part to save our world and, and elevate our show. Uh, so as we close the night and we decide to, uh, you know, enter into uh, different genres and expand our horizons here, what are your final thoughts on non-Japanese anime? Uh, I guess in closing, I'd have to say, if you want to entertain a thousand-year-old vampire, give him a smartphone. Never take a ride from a stranger at the train station. And finally, if your uncle is that much of a jerk to you in your training sessions, he probably shouldn't be your sensor. <laughs> also report all burns to your eye. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be jumping into bodies for, uh, for spy purposes. We're going to be finding the last airbender. We're going to be hanging out, playing video games with our 8,000-year-old vampire. All in all, to wish you all a fantastic see you next week. Take care, y'all. I still believe that somehow the Avatar will return to save the world.